Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you for today. We just thank you for giving us one more day in the land of the living. Thank you, Father, for this gift. It's not a gift many had, Lord. Oh, Father, help us never, ever to take time and the days you give us lightly. Because we have been enjoined by your word to number our days. I thank you for everyone who's here in spite of the rain. Father, they made it. And we are here in your house. Now, Father, I pray you continue to teach us. There's only one teacher, you, Lord, Spirit of God. Teach us. Through your vessels, teach us. Help us to understand what you are telling us. Help us to apply it in our day-to-day lives so that our lives are built on that rock. Storms are coming, have come. So many parts of the world, lives are being shaken, nations are being shaken. Help us to be rooted in your word, Lord. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you were there Sunday, I believe you were all there on Sunday, we go right back where we stopped on Sunday and pick up from where we stopped. So we go first to Hebrews 11 and verse 6, where scripture says, without faith, it is impossible. See, you know stuff which most people in the world do not know, that it is impossible to please God without faith. And we need to place God, okay? So don't say, oh, it is impossible, so I'm not going to try it. No, it is impossible to please God without faith, which means with faith, I can please God. And unlike pleasing man, it's imperative that we please God. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5 says, with most of them, that's the children of Israel who came out of Egypt, the first generation, most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Okay. Like for us, what does this mean? Scattered in the wilderness. Meaning unfulfilled lives. They had such wonderful promises God gave them. He said, I'm taking you out with a mighty hand. I will take you through. I'm taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. There will be sweetness in your life. There will be strength in your life. You will have to them material promises. You will have houses. They lived in, I don't know what shanties they lived in Egypt because they were slaves. But you're going to have houses you didn't build, flocks and cattle and gold and silver and wells which you would dig. So look at the promises they had. But none of those promises came to pass. Though it was promised by God. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. This is the truth about Christians too. Most, I don't know, I cannot give you a number, but I believe many, many, many Christians go through without fulfilling the promises of God in their lives. And it is like them, our lives, our bodies are scattered in the wilderness. We never reach To that promised land, which is the promised life of Jesus Christ, where he said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. That is why it is imperative that we please God. And there is only one way we can please God, that is by faith. Remember, the wedding message, the Sunday message, we heard about the person We heard about the prepared place. We heard about the provision. We heard about the purpose. And we heard about the walls, the fences, the boundaries God has set in every relationship. 
everything that we are called to do. God has set boundaries and he says if you stay within the boundaries like Joseph did, you will flourish and you will become a blessing to many. So you have to remember, it was God who led them into the wilderness. Therefore they had provision. But they also had a purpose. The purpose of the wilderness was that, you know, we are not turning there, but you know it's in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He led them into the desert, caused them to hunger, fed them in manna so that they would know what is in their heart. And they would get rid of it. That was the purpose. The wilderness had a purpose. God doesn't take you into the desert without any reason. He's not a malevolent, a nasty father. He's an incredibly loving father. So whenever he disciplines his child, children, whatever he does in the lives of his children is always done because he loves us. So he led them into the desert to clean out their hearts and their minds. But that purpose was not fulfilled. So if we do not fulfill the purpose of the wilderness in our life, we are destined to wander in the wilderness and die in the wilderness. But that was not his ultimate destiny. Destiny was the promised land. Remember that. Okay? So, the key to everything, why? We saw last Sunday, the key to everything was this. In Romans ten seventeen, scripture says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing from the word of God or by the word of God. The whole thing was that they did not mix what they heard with faith. Remember? Hebrews chapter 4. They did not mix it with faith. They heard, but they didn't believe. They heard, but they did not trust God. They heard, but they did not obey what he said. So remember, faith means you believe, you trust, you obey. They didn't do that. It begins with this. This is the key. Okay, you came through the rain, you came through the traffic, but all that sacrifice, God says, I do not want sacrifice, I want what? Obedience. And how does obedience come? Obedience comes first from hearing. If I don't hear, I don't know what I have to obey. For Romba, even today, this evening, whenever you come to the house of God, or whenever you read, listen, whatever, listening is the fundamental exercise which will change your life. Be careful. The question is, are we listening? The last verse we read on Sunday was from Isaiah chapter 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is here heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Okay, this is the key. I want to hear from God. I want God to hear from me. That's called communication or prayer. Okay, when we talk to each other, we call it communication. But when we talk to God, we call it prayer. I want God to hear me. I want to hear from God. But God says, it's one thing that blocks. One thing that blocks. That's our sin. That's why we constantly go to the word of God to deal with sin. Repent, put it away. Clarity comes. The line is clear. Not No longer busy. No signal. That thing goes. We start hearing from God again. The question is, do we hear what he says? Do we hear what he says so that he hears what we say? Right? That's the fundamental thing about uh, any relationship. Any relationship, there is mutual conversation. Okay? 
the higher and the lower in every relationship there is the higher and a lower but in democracy we want to believe everybody is equal doesn't work like that in life if we are all equal then we all should be on the pulpit talking to an empty auditorium no it doesn't work like that somebody has to hear somebody has to speak and after some time you you talk back see conversation is there first i have to hear from god i cannot say god you listen to me no god says you listen to me now because children always say father dad you listen to me it's not it's the other way you listen to me because i have something to give you which you don't even know which you don't even have in your understanding okay so we need to hear first learn to listen the trick trick problem is that rarely do we actually listen actually hear through life unless we practice one of the famous um, presidents of america after the recession his name was fdr nickname i mean they call him fdr roosevelt okay roosevelt the presidents and these prime ministers and all half their life is lost with functions they have every day they have functions and one of the functions was that to greet everybody who comes and you say something they say something back he knows they are not listening you know imagine we all want to reach the top but we don't realize what a waste of time it is half the time is gone in ceremonies and he used to be very very upset by this waste of time so one day he decided i'll play a trick So this long line of dignitaries who are coming to meet meet him he greets him and he says something they say something back okay to everybody he said uh i killed my grandmother this morning okay it's a real story okay everybody is coming i killed my grandmother this morning and the one person who dress respond marvelous your honor meaning they never heard what he said they are always preparing the answer in the mind i'm going to meet the president and when he shakes my hand i whatever he says i'm going to say it's marvelous your excellency another one said excellent keep it up okay i'm reading you some of the uh, the responses another one said we are proud of you mr president so you realize here is the president speaking nobody is actually listening finally came to the ambassador of bolivia and he said i just killed my grandmother this morning and he whispered back maybe your excellency she had it coming so only one person responded and he responded according to the person who is speaking to you Are you getting it? That's our issue. Usually there is no problem with our ears. We we want to blame Sammy and the sound system for our lack of faith, but actually that's not the problem. Okay? There's no problem with our ears. The problem is with our hearing. Either we refuse to grant meaning to the sounds or we refuse the meaning the sounds give. One of the reasons we don't want to listen is because we know if we listen, we are answerable to what we listen. That's why one of the first questions, one of the first, if not the second question, God asks after the fall of man is, who told you? In other words, 
Whom did you listen to? Whom did you listen to? Because whatever we do is a response to some voice we listen to. Primarily in the context of today's message, we can, or I am, dividing people into three groups. Okay? Because we all want to be successful. Okay? Three groups. First group is those who don't hear or listen. Those who don't hear or listen. Result in their life, they won't succeed. They won't succeed in any field. If you want to be successful, you have to listen. If you haven't heard, trained to listen, you will not succeed. Second group, those who hear but don't understand. Those who hear but don't understand also won't succeed. Doesn't matter how much you hear, if you don't understand, you will not succeed. Then the third group, I'm giving a general principle in the world, okay? Those who hear and understand and produce results. Those who hear, they understand, they apply. Almost always they succeed. Whether you are a successful thief or a successful entrepreneur, it's because you heard, you understood, and you applied. Thieves, listen to better thieves. Okay? I'll tell you a story, okay, so that you will understand. You know what, kanjus, uh, you know what kanjus means, so? How do you say in Maisa? Okay? So there's a story in Kerala about one kanjus going to meet another kanjus, how to learn, how to be more mice miserly than you. Okay? So, you know, Kerala, we wear the dhoti, you know, the munda. So he went, he has heard this old man is a, is a, is a veteran when it comes to miserliness. So he said, I am a miser, but I want to learn some more tricks from him. So he went in the evening and the man came in and he said, okay, what? And I have come, learned, come to learn some tricks from you. So he said, okay, come, let us sit and talk. So they were sitting and talking and the older man said, let's put up the light. Why waste <laughs> kerosene? He said, fine. He said, I learned something new today, okay? The other fellow is sitting and they talked and they talked. And finally, after one hour, he said, okay, now let me light the lamp. And he said, wait a minute, let me put my dhoti back. <laughs> because he said, it was ironed. Since you are sitting in the dark, I folded it and kept it. <laughs> so he told the other man, Are you are far ahead of me. So, in everything, you need to realize, if you don't listen, if you listen, and you understand, you learn. That's how success in the world is. In any field, if anybody has succeeded, it's because they have heard, they have understood. But God for us, He doesn't want us to succeed just temporarily. He wants us to succeed eternally. He's interested in our eternal success. So there are two kinds of success. One is worldly, which ends with death. Death is the end of it. The second is eternal, where death actually is the beginning of a new phase of success. For the worldly successful, death is a dead end. It's finished. It's gone. But for the eternally successful, death is just a door to greater opportunities. And God for his children want to be eternally successful. 
So when we look in terms of our understanding, our worldly understanding, in success we talk about two things. One is fame or glory. And second, expansion. You know, when Reliance began, it was not Reliance. If I am right, the founder of Reliance began by selling scrap. You know, steel. Today, Reliance is there in almost everything. So, he is considered incredibly successful because he has expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded. Okay? And he has got fame. The India's richest man living in a house which costs 3,000 crores. That is MCH's entire budget. So, he's considered in India the most successful man. He has fame and he is expanding and he's still expanding. Still expanding. Okay? So, that's considered success. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, many those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So God is talking there about, in our terms, fame. There are some who are going to be unbelievably famous in eternity. They may not be known here. But they will be known their glory, glory, they will shine. And everybody in the universe will realize, these are people with eternal glory. They are really famous. God's who is who, like David's 30 mighty men. Okay, who is who. So this is glory. In Corinthians, Paul will say the same thing in 1 Corinthians 15. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, Another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. When God's children are raised in incorruption, we will not all have the same glory. We will differ in glory. Depending upon how much we heard, how much we understood, how much we obeyed, that will be glory revealed. So we are running after fame here. God said you can run after glory there. It's your choice. Everybody wants fame. God says I understand. I created you that way. But you can choose for a worldly glory which ends with death. Or you can choose an eternal glory that is forever and ever. Then we admire Tatas and Berlas. You hardly hear them. But Reliance expanding and expanding and expanding in every area of life. We want expansion. God says, I want it for you. In Matthew 25, verse 21, okay, uh, Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah 5 and verse 14, I wanted to look at it so that you know those who just look for an earthly glory and ends without redemption. Hell has enlarged herself, opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, he that rejoiced shall descend into it. All these incredibly pompous people on earth with their glory and fame. But if they did not know God, they will take all their pomp and glory into hell. So hell is also expanding. Because hell was made for the angels. But now man is also going over there. Countless. So hell is expanding. So there is expansion everywhere. But this is not, was never meant for us. But we chose. People chose. Okay, now let's look at expansion in God's kingdom. 
Matthew 25, 21. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many expansion. You see, when you and I hear, we understand, we obey. Hear, understand, obey. Hear, understand, obey. We have what is called a godly, heavenly work culture. We actually start enjoying work. The only thing we don't enjoy work so much is this body gets tired. We get weary, we get hungry, mentally we get exhausted. But imagine a new body where there is no tiredness. A mind which doesn't know fatigue. Wouldn't you want to work? Wouldn't you want to work? A work that brings incredible joy because every act of work will be appreciated by your father in heaven. So there is expansion. In the next verse which I gave you, verse 29, for everyone who has more will be given. Why does he have? He has because he heard, he understood, he obeyed, so he has. And who he has, even more will be given. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Understand that. Our God is an incredible steward of resources. He doesn't waste. He is very careful about his investments. He has given us his son. He has given us his word. He has given us his spirit. And he says, you know what? Gave you time. Nothing is coming. He starts withdrawing. Okay. The anointing that was on Saul, he lifted it up. And he anointed David. He does. Okay. He's a good steward. Understand. All these business principles, all these people are talking about, all originated with God. He's a good businessman. He doesn't waste his resources. Not that he doesn't have unlimited resources. That doesn't mean he will waste it. We will think I have so much. So how does it matter? No, God doesn't think that way. He doesn't think that way. Therefore, we need to learn to think his way. Okay? So please remember, he wants us to be successful. But to be successful, we need to understand his ways. So this is how you and I evaluate true Success, true success is evaluated that way because God has called us to eternal success. So if you want to please God and be successful, then Jesus gives us the keys to success. And we know the very familiar parable. It's called the parable of the sower. Remember in the parable of the sower, do we have to read the whole parable? We know it, right? In the parable of the sower, the seed was the same. The sower was the same. The only thing different was the ground. Which means the person's mind or heart. Only thing different. Like today. The word is the same. Are you hearing different things? No. The sower is the same. It's only one person speaking. But the ground is different. It's not the same. Ground is different. The only thing different is the ground. So eternal formula, if you want math, for success is given in Matthew 13 and verse 23. He who received the seed on the good ground is he who? First thing. He who? Hears. First thing, Lord, give me hearing ears. That's why I said when the high priest and the priest in the Old Testament, when they were dedicated, first thing done was that the blood was put on their ear. So that they would hear what God was saying. Hear. Second, 
he understands it here understand that alone is not enough he bears fruit and produces he needs to be productive god doesn't want armchair critics he's not interested in those who sit in the armchair and talk about the world cup football he's interested in those those players who are on the ground risking their limbs okay who hears who understands and who produces 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold this is god's formula for success i have to hear i have to understand i have to produce remember god's blessing first blessing what was that be fruitful and multiply that is a blessing how does that blessing come to pass by hearing and understanding and obeying that's the only way this blessing will come to pass a blessing in itself is of no value in my life if i don't know how to apply that blessing in my life okay here understand produce the more you hear and the better you understand and the more you obey the more you will produce but you see where it all begins it all begins with one thing hearing listening that's why in parenting parenting okay parenting when we become grandparents we actually know what parenting is when we are parents we did not know it was trial and error that's why most of our children end up as error honestly all of us are on the learning process but when you come through this phase by the time you actually know parenting the children are grown up okay but one of the first thing that's why we need to go to the word of god and learn from the parent the father in heaven the first thing we we have to teach children how a small is to listen and to obey the world will tell something else no free will and let them choose that the worst thing you can do you have to balance scripture okay if you don't balance scripture we will have a very unbalanced opinion about ourselves you know what unbalanced opinion is this I fearfully and wonderfully god has is it true is true that's one side other side no other side is however you conceived in sin and in shaped in iniquity that's how you balance fearfully and wonderfully made and i am conceived in sin and shaped in iniquity then only you have balance okay. otherwise we don't get balance you need to realize our children are fearfully and wonderfully made and conceived in sin and shaped in iniquity so we need to be careful the first thing we need to list, teach them is to listen hear at me hear the dad hear the mom obey obey we are not breaking their will we are molding their will the world will say you are breaking their will no we are molding their will to learn to obey greater and greater things ultimately to hear and obey the voice of god you know so we have to learn first to listen that's the first discipline always one of Christ Christ high point during his ministry is when he takes his three disciples and goes to the mount of transfiguration listen to what happens on that mount of transfiguration while he was still speaking behold a bright cloud overshadowed them suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son first thing god says i love him first thing god says about all of us i love you 
Second thing he should say about us, I am well pleased. What does that mean? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I love my son. I am pleased with my son. See, children always mistake that because a parent is not pleased with you, the parent doesn't love you. No, God loves us. But God is not necessarily pleased with us. This is my beloved son. I love him. In whom I am well pleased. And then he tells us, what is that? Hear him. Listen to him. The father has only one thing to tell us from heaven. Listen to my son. The writer of Hebrews will say in the ancient days, God spoke through different ways in prophets, visions. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Listen to him. Listen to God. Listen to Jesus. Listen to what he says. Prophetically, thousands of years earlier, Moses had said this to Israel and basically to us, all of us. He had said this in Deuteronomy. For these nations which you disperses, listen to soothsayers and diviners. Why is God driving out these nations out of Canaan? Why is that one day the nations will be dispersed of their inheritance and the, all the nations of this world will become the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Reason? What do they listen to? Soothsayers and diviners. We don't realize the fact of the matter is all the leadership of the world is involved in occult. That's how they retain power. And that's what is offered to Jesus. You listen to me, I will give you the nations. And Jesus said, no, I listen to my father and my father alone. He says, these nations are listening to soothsayers and diviners, occult. But as for you, your Lord, your God has not appointed such for you. The Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him. You shall hear. Now he's talking about Jesus. Okay, look at the capitals. He said, from among you, God will raise up a prophet. When he speaks, listen to him. According to all you desire for the Lord your God in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. The Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and I will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak to them all that I command him and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name, I will require it from him. He's talking about Jesus. He will come. He will speak what the father has put in his heart and he says we listen to him. And if we don't listen to him, God will ask for an account. Why didn't you listen to my son? Yeah? Did you get it? Listen to him. Listen to the words of God. Don't get carried away by all that you hear in the world because behind what you hear in the world, whether it is movie, fiction or music, there is divination and so says. There is occult behind it. Be very, very careful what you listen to. Jesus will tell us in John chapter 16 verses 12 and 13, I still have many things to say to you. See, Jesus has so many things to say to us, but he says you cannot bear it now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So he says, I'm going and my spirit will come. And what is the primary thing he will do? He will speak. 
And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he is speaking what Jesus says. And when Jesus spoke, he was saying what the Father spoke. We are asked to listen to the Spirit now, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And when the Spirit speaks, He will only speak about Jesus. When Jesus spoke, He only spoke about the Father. So we have to learn to listen. And usually for most people, first struggle is with listening. Not so much with understanding. It's with listening. We struggle to listen. Because if you listen and don't understand... We can ask questions. And if we don't ask questions, it's because we didn't listen. Not because we didn't understand. Therefore, look at Jesus. Learn from him. Because he listened to the Father and because he obeyed the Father, he was the most successful man ever to walk on earth. And the success is shown in the word. In Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God has also highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name. So he has a name above every other name. Why? Because he listened, he obeyed, he produced. And he was this hundredfold son of God, son of man. The name above every other name. And then in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There is nobody more glorious than him. So he has fame, he has power, he has authority and his kingdom without end. Okay? Because he applied the father's principles in his life and he's saying, just apply the same thing. When he was on earth, this is what he said. About himself in John chapter 8. Jesus said to them. When you lift up the son of man. Then you will know that I am he. That I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me. I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. What is he trying to say? He says. I have been listening to my father always. Not only do I listen. I understand what he is saying. Not only do I understand, I obey what he says. Therefore, I always please him. He says, I listen, I obey, and I please my father. He did exactly as he was told. That is why the disciples, even his own mother, often could not understand the ways in which he was doing things. Because he was listening to his father. See, when you're walking by faith, the people who are walking with sight with you often will not understand the decisions you are taking. Because sight cannot understand faith, while faith understands sight. Because every man who walks by faith once walked by sight. So even his disciples didn't understand. All his brothers did not understand. His mother did not understand. Everybody had suggestions for him, but he did not keep it. He only listened to his father. And he obeyed his father. In John chapter 12 verses 48 to 50 he says, He who rejects me does not receive my words. And does not receive my words. Has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. But the father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. He says, I did not speak on my own. I listened very carefully to my father and spoke only what he told me. Verse 50, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the father told me, I speak. If he has to speak 
just as the father told him, he has to be an incredible listener. Listener. We are not good listeners. We will not be able to speak what Jesus says. You have to learn to listen. Listening is the key. Okay? So how do you and I learn to listen? How do you learn as believers? Now let us go from the classroom to the believer. We learn actually to listen first in our prayer closet. Prayer closet. Prayer is the place where we actually learn to listen. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Now in the morning having risen a long while before daylight. He went out and he departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. This was his habit. How did he learn to listen? He learned to listen during prayer. In prayer he learned to listen and he learned to speak. In Luke chapter 9 verse 28 and 35. Now it came to pass about eight days after these things. He took Peter, John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. We only saw the transfiguration. We didn't see that he actually went to pray. When he was shining with the glory he always had. The reason he didn't go for that. He went to pray. And because he was praying. The father glorified him. And then a voice came out of the cloud saying. This is my beloved son. Hear him. See it's in the prayer closet. The problem is in the prayer closet. We don't learn to listen. We learn to speak. But that's not the first exercise. In The first exercise in the prayer closet is learn to listen. What God has to say to me. You will go there and say, Lord, do you know, Lord, what I am going through? And we are not listening. And we are still before God. We will hear him saying, I already know all your problems. But I got one issue with you. That issue is standing between you and me. Get rid of that. Oh, that easy? God says that easy. Instead, without listening from him, we are bombarding heaven with our prayers and missiles and rockets and nothing is happening. Because we didn't hear from him. So you will see the difference between a minister and a hireling is prayer. How do you know who is the servant of God and who is the hireling? You check their prayer life and their word life, you will know whether one is a hireling or whether one is a servant of God. What is the difference between a sheep and a goat? They all look alike. I mean, two-legged sheep and goat, they all look alike. Sometimes the goat looks better than the sheep. Answer is listening. Listening. John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, my sheep, he doesn't say, my sheep has white, fluffy fleece. I didn't say that. They have no horns at all. They're so mild. He didn't say, he says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear. How do you know you are sheep? How do you know you are sheep? Because Jesus said, I didn't say, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. What is he saying? If you don't hear my voice, you cannot follow me. If you don't hear my voice, you cannot follow me. 
And I give them eternal life. You don't have to worry about eternal life. You don't have to worry about perishing. You don't have to worry about somebody snatching you from the fathers. That's his problem, not mine. Or yours. We always worry about, will I perish? Will somebody pluck? That's not our problem. That's his problem. What is my problem? Hear his voice, follow him. Hear his voice, follow him. And he says, you will never perish. You will never perish. Nobody can snatch you from my hand. Nobody can snatch you from my hand. Do you see hearing how simple we take it, but how fundamental it is to walk of faith? Let's go to another level to what Jesus says. Okay? Now listen carefully. John chapter 10. Most assuredly I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up from other way, the same is a thief and a door robber. He says, don't try to climb into the church, into the body of Christ. Come in through the door. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. It's interesting, okay? And let's look at verse 7 also. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Lord, you're confusing me here. You're confusing me. So you are the shepherd. You are the door. And uh, the sheep are here. This is the sheep. This is the sheep. Now, literally imagine what he is saying. Okay? He's the sh- you are the sheep. Christ is the shepherd. And Christ is the door. There's a fourth person. He's called the doorkeeper. Right now, I am the doorkeeper. I hear his voice. And I know his voice. And I open the door for you to understand his voice. That's why God says, be careful about what you say or do to my anointed because they are the doorkeepers. They are the doorkeepers. We always forget this doorkeeper in this whole business. Another word for the doorkeeper in the Bible is watchman. Okay, we go to the apartment block. Who stops you? Watchman. See, we take this watchman so lightly because he is given this one small little shack where he and his entire family lives. But if he doesn't let you in, you cannot go in. So Jesus says, I am the door, there are the sheep, and the shepherd comes, and there is a doorkeeper, a watchman. That's the order you see in verse 3. There is a doorkeeper. The sheep, the doorkeeper stands in the middle. The doorkeeper has to open the door. Understand that. That's where Romans 10 verses 13 to 15 puts this. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how they shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, the doorkeeper? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring the glad tidings of good things. Who is this? The watchman. 
the watchman who opens the door. So the watchman opens the door to Jesus and the sheep hears his voice. Shall we go a little deeper? We'll go to Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 3. The word of the Lord came expressly, okay? Express delivery. Not snail mail, FedEx. To Ezekiel the priest. And he's in Babylon. River Chibber and the hand of the Lord was upon him. Now he's a priest. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, who's a priest. In First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, all those who have been born again, scripture says, we are what? A royal priesthood. What are we? You are a holy nation. I called out people 2-9. I didn't give it. Yeah. We are priests. Like Ezekiel, what are we? All priests. Where? In Babylon. Then something happens. The hand of the Lord comes upon me. The hand of the Lord comes upon Ezekiel. The whole chapter 1 is the vision he sees of God and heaven. He has what we call an encounter with the living God. And a priest will become a prophet. For a priest to become a prophet, the hand of the Lord has to come upon us. That we are able to hear from God and see his visions and see what he wants for the people. So here he is. Actually, Jeremiah and Ezekiel are kind of parallel. Jeremiah is breaking his head over Judah. Israel has already gone into exile. So God has Ezekiel with Israel in the Babylon. And he has Jeremiah there in Judah. Two prophets. Both telling the same thing. In the multitude of false prophets. And he hears the voice of God in Babylon. In chapter 2, verse 1, God says, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. What's the first thing he tells him? I will speak to you. Second thing. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet and you see, God speak to us, but to hear him, I need his Spirit. I cannot hear on my own. I cannot hear on my own what God is saying. Scripture says, the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet and he, I heard him and he spoke to me. He spoke, I heard. And verse 3, and he said, son of man, I'm sending you. I am sending you. I'm sending you to a difficult ministry, very difficult ministry. A people who doesn't want to hear, but I'm sending you. If you go by the dates in the Bible, when Ezekiel went into exile, they say he was 25 years old. When he heard, saw the vision and heard from God, he was 30. By the time he has his last vision, he's 52. So 22 years of prophetic ministry. That's what they say, the timeline given in the Bible. Okay? He's an ordinary man, like all of us, ordinary believer, a priest. And the prophetic hand of God comes upon him. When it comes upon him, in Ezekiel 3, verse 16 and 17, scripture says, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you watchman. 
doorkeeper. I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them a warning from me. Learn to listen. You are a watchman? Learn to listen. Learn to discern the voice of God. Hear me? Pass it on. I've appointed you as what? As a watchman, as a doorkeeper. And his primary job is to hear God's voice and speak. And when he does that, he's opening a door for the sheep. Whether they will go through it or not, we do not know. It is a very difficult job. It's not an easy job, it's a very difficult job. Why? God says in verses 4 to 7. Then he said, son of man, go to the people of Israel with my messages. I'm not sending you to some foreign people whose language you cannot understand. Don't think I'm sending you to North India. I'm sending you to people who understand your language. But what's the problem? I'm not sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. So probably if I send you to North India, they may listen. I'm sending you to your own people. I'm sending you to the people of Israel, but they won't listen to you any more than they will listen to me. Did you see what God is saying? And I'm not talking about you. I'm just using it as an illustration. You listen. You listen, you take notes also. But I'm telling you what God is saying. Still you go. I know they won't listen to me. They won't listen to you also. They won't listen to you. They won't listen to me. We still go and speak. For the whole lot of them are hard-hearted and stubborn. They won't listen. It's not that they won't hear, but they won't listen. Listening means hearing and obeying. They won't obey. They won't. Ezekiel, it's a tough ministry to go and preach to a set of people who will come regularly to church but won't listen. You need to have the skin of a rhinoceros. You need to be tough. Because this is not this loving, kind people who are excited about the word. This or like my first batch of students staring at me. Because they wanted to sleep. They didn't want to know anything what Shakespeare had to say. Afternoon, two o'clock, watch Shakespeare, leave us alone. So he says, you know what? You need to be tough. So I'm going to make you tough. Verses eight to nine. Look, I have made you as hard and stubborn as they are. You give them a tough message, they will become harder. Next Sunday, give them a tougher message. Now you need to mellow it down. I'm going to make, I have made you as hard and stubborn as they are. I have made you as hard as rock. So don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks, even though they are such rebels. They will give you these looks could kill you would be dead as again. Daggers and knives and swords going. Okay, they will give you these angry looks. That's how my father told you that. No, he used to look, look. Stare at me. Continue teaching. First I was fearful, so I wouldn't look at them. I look at the, all the girls who will sit there like that. I look at the batteries. These guys will look at it. But because I wasn't hard, I didn't mean made hard. Like Ezekiel, okay? So here, I have made you hard. Don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks. Even though they are such rebels. And to the watchman, what does he say in verse 10 and 11? Then he said, son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. 
you listen to my word let it go deep into your heart first listen to them carefully for yourself don't worry about them don't ever forget you are as much as a hearer as them the message is not for the sheep alone it's for you too don't forget that preacher let it sink into your heart first listen to them carefully for yourself then go to your people in exile and say to them this is what the sovereign lord says do this whether they listen to you or not you see over and over and over god saying listen 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 are we listening are we listening let me give you an illustration you have heard about because of the the world is so small because of media and television you heard about hurricane katrina that katrina that hit us a few years back but before that in 1969 before most of you were born there was a hurricane that hit the same area called kamel it was in 1969 in a small little place called the name of that place is called pass christian you can check it on google it will show you the place also pass christian pass means mountain pass so that's the name the old days they name pass christian this hurricane was coming and near 250 meters from the beach there was this set of apartments and over there and everybody was given the warning to evacuate people refused to evacuate in one of the apartment sets there was a set of 20 people who were having a hurricane party cyclone party the police chief his name was jerry he came and he announced you all need to clear out of this place as quickly as possible they gathered at the balcony and laughed at him one said this is my land if you want me off you will have to arrest me we are not moving out of this land we are prepared we are not we are going to have a party a hurricane party he didn't arrest anyone he could not convince anyone either to leave 20 people he took the names of their closest relatives he gave the final warning and he left at 10:15 in the night the hurricane hit and the speed was 205 miles per hour they said every raindrop was like a bullet by the time the hurricane was over all 20 were dead okay now let me ask you for that death who will you blame was it the police chief's mistake was it the apartment builders mistake was it those who sold them the liquor for the party was it the storm's mistake or was it because they just chose to ignore the warning see because it's so vivid we know which is the right answer they had every warning but they chose to ignore the warning you see the problem is one word we don't like in our life is the word called accountability it's not a popular word if we are fat it is the problem the problem is with the mcdonalds that's why i am fat if who i am it's my parents fault if i don't have enough it's the government's fault and if i'm facing the consequences of my own sins it is god's fault see we don't want to be accountable the bible is full of warnings all the way till revelation 22 all the way from genesis to if you eat you shall die to all the way to revelation 22 these kinds of people will not enter full of warnings 
question is do we choose to ignore the warnings of god do we see do we listen in matthew 7 this is what jesus said therefore who hears his sayings of mine and does them and does them hears and does I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, it fell and great was its fall. James will say in James 1:22, what does he say? be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself he says be careful how you listen listen and obey let me see how oh, i have 15 minutes more listen to the watchman one of the most powerful words god speaks through the watchman ezekiel okay not watchman ni but watchman ezekiel ezekiel chapter 3 verses 17 and 18 son of man i have appointed you as a watchman for israel Whenever you receive a message from me pass it on to the people immediately is it nlt yeah okay it's nlt i made it pick nlt so that nobody will miss the warning new living translation so unless you are dead you will miss this if you are living you will get this new son of man i have appointed you as a watchman for israel whenever you receive a message from me pass it on to the people immediately so warn the wicked say you are under the penalty of death but if fail to deliver the warning they will die in their sins and i will hold you responsible demanding your blood for theirs first case study we look at as case study case study 1 the unsaved man who was not warned the unsaved man who was not warned but you would say lord why should the unsaved man who was not warned be punished right why should he be punished Why should he face judgment? He was not warned. He did not know. Why should he be punished? We would have said the pastor received a message. You did not warn the wicked. I did not warn the wicked. So the one who did not hear is innocent in our mind, right? Oh, there are millions of people who have not heard, so they are innocent. God says no. He says they will die in their sins. they are not kept away from judgment why reason romans chapter 1 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of god is manifest in them for god has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so they are without excuse now let me tell you whether you are a hindu muslim buddhist jain christian does do you have to tell anybody you should not lie you don't have to tell him you see you don't have to tell anybody do you have to tell anybody you should not steal Do you have to tell anybody you should not kill? Do you have to tell anybody don't take somebody's wife? So you know. So everybody knows. 
Everybody knows. Don't you know in your heart? Those who are sitting here, when you are about to do something wrong, isn't there a voice in your heart which says, don't do it? And you still do it. So it's not that you didn't know. Do you see? No one is without. They are without. Excuse. That's the dead end of religion. Doesn't matter what religion you are. If you are a devout Catholic, you go to Rome, do all your pilgrimage there, and you come back and you realize your guilt hasn't gone. You are a devout Protestant, you go to Jerusalem, Holy Land tour, and you come back and you realize your guilt doesn't go. You are a devout Hindu, you go to Benares, dip how many times you come back, you realize your guilt doesn't go. You are a devout Muslim. You can go to Mecca and come back. But deep within you know your guilt doesn't go. Religion doesn't take away guilt. Cannot take away guilt. So you know. You are without excuse. First case study. Watchmen. Unsaved. Watchmen. If you don't warn them. They will die in their sins. Not that they will live. I will have mercy on them. Because they didn't hear. No. Everybody knows. And they didn't ask for a reason. A way out. Nobody searched. Nobody sought. And watchmen, your blood, their blood will be on your hands because you did not warn them. Case study 2. Verse 19. If you warn them and they keep on sinning and refuse to repent, they will die in their sins. But you will have saved your life. Case study said, You warn them. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. They crucified him. You're fine. You're clear. Apostle Thomas came here. We dutifully killed him. Wherever the apostles went, they killed him. And now in yesterday in Dhumka, in Jharkhand, 16 young people are in prison. They went. Some of them are younger than you. 16, 17 year old girls from Friends Missionary Band. They went over there where they were sharing the gospel. Somebody gave a complaint. The police put them in prison. Okay. Why? Whatever they are trying to say, give them a warning. Nobody wants a warning. They keep on sinning and refuse to repent. They will die in their sins. But you... You're free. No blood guilt. Case studies too. You warned them. They did not listen. You saved your life because you did what you were told to do. That's all we are told to do. We are told only to warn. We are not told to change them. That we can't. Only God can. Warn them. Result? Punishment for the sinner who refused to listen. Vindication for the preacher. Case study 3 verse 20. If good people turn bad and don't listen to my warning, they will die. Case study 3. Now we are not talking about sinners. We are talking about the righteous. If the righteous man, acha, apple, turned rotten. That's why we have in English, one rotten apple spoils. The good also goes bad. So be very careful about your company, friends you keep. Good people turn bad. I'm giving you NLT. Okay? The other one is the righteous. The good people turn bad and don't listen to my warning. They will die. They will die. Scripture doesn't say one saved, always saved. He says you will die. The soul that sins in the new covenant also scripture says in Romans 8 will die. If you don't repent. You will die. If you did not warn them of the consequences then they will die in their sins. 
the previous good deeds won't help them and i will hold you responsible so the watchman's job is to warn the sinner and the righteous sinner repent righteous walk straight okay otherwise i will hold you responsible demanding your blood for theirs now do you understand why james says many of you should not be preachers because he says everyone who comes behind this will be guilty of blood guilt if you change the message change the message that is case study 3 right case study 4 if you want them and they repent they will live you have saved your own life too you want the righteous and they repent ayyo no neither came neither must have been scared king david i don't know what this these kings do you are that man david said i am that man radhe said ayyo thank you not because the king repented but because i am free from blood guilt i want him david repented he is free he will live and the prophet the preacher the watchman is free of blood guilt that's why we say you know david said i have sin and he changed he heard he obeyed and changed his ways all the others before him who said i have sinned the book of exodus who said i have sinned pharaoh said two three times i have sinned balaam said i have sinned king saul said i have sinned judas said i have sinned david also said i have sinned but you look at david and look at the all the rest all of them heard all of them said i have sinned but they went back to their sinful ways david turned around and walked back in righteousness that's the key that's the key otherwise god says i have appointed you watchman how do you hear how does the watchman hear and speak and how do we hear what the watchman has to say how do we hear do we hear how many have seen old wire we used to call wireless telegraph mouse code wireless telegraph i used to yeah see railway says of course you always have that and we i used to love it as a child because where i lived in that other country across the wall was the army and the first hall in the army was signals so i was the only indian boy in the town so i had the freedom to walk through the army like anything indian soldiers they loved me because they i reminded them of their family so i used to sit there and play with their signaling thing and they used to teach me this is how you do tak 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 it's a morse code by which the other fellow who hears it gets the message okay that's called morse code in the 1900s there was a post for a telegraph operator many people applied okay they were told let me tell you exactly so that what happened they were all called all those who applied were called to come to that office and they were told sit in the outside and you will be called to the inner office for the interview there were so many sounds there people talking and people speaking up the shouting and there was the at the background there was that sound of the telegraph it's a telegraph office you have the sound of the telegraph going also a lot of people had come they were waiting waiting to be called and then at the end one young man came he also came and sat there suddenly he got up and he went inside 
And all the others said, hey, what's happening here? What's happening here? You know, when somebody cuts the queue, we get upset, right? What's happening over here? A little later, the owner came out with this young man and said, thank you gentlemen for all coming. The interview is over. He has been selected. And they all got upset. They said, how can you do that? You never interviewed us. You never asked us a single question. And he came the last. He said, if you have listened carefully, you would have seen the Morse code at the back point saying, whoever understands this message, come inside for the interview. You were not listening. You were not listening. We always complain that God doesn't speak. No, he speaks. All of creation is speaking about. The problem is we are not listening. We are not listening. He's got an answer to every issue we are we are facing. He's got an answer to every prayer we have. But the question is, have you learned to listen? To listen? At the end of the age in the seven churches, even to the most lukewarm, the church about whom God has not a single thing to say, good, the Laodicean church, even to that church in Revelation 3, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone, even to you, he says, Laodicea church, even you, I have nothing good to say about you, but if you hear my voice, do what I tell you, I will come, I'll dine with you, Father, with me, you can overcome, can sit on my throne. Do you see God's zeal to speak to us? Do we hear? Do we hear? See, to hear, don't, don't change scripture. No, only pastor hears. No, anybody can hear. Anybody can hear. At Exodus 3, verses 3 and 4, scripture says, when Moses saw that sight, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, when did God speak to Moses? When he was a spiritual giant? No, when he was a spiritual pygmy. He said, I cannot speak, I don't send me, I am good for nothing. A fellow who had absolutely no self-confidence, absolutely nothing, was a big zero. That's when God spoke to him, but he heard. See, we look at the people in the Bible and see, ah, Paul heard, Peter heard, Moses heard. When did they hear? When they were nobody. When they were nothing. So don't make excuses. Don't make Excuses. 1st Samuel chapter 3, another portion, very familiar portions, 1 to 4. The boy Samuel, the boy Samuel, say boy. Did you see the boy Samuel? It's not the teenager Samuel. The youth, Bible uses different words, boy, youth, man, father. It's not the youth, it's not the man. The boy Samuel, Ajay, the boy Ajay. Can you think about it? The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. What is the first thing? The word of the Lord is rare, very rare. God doesn't speak, very rare. There was no widespread revelation. 
And it came to pass at the time when Eli was lying down in his place, his eyes had grown so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, Lord called. And he answered. What does it mean? He heard. He heard. And he heard. And you know, from the moment he starts hearing, First he heard the voice of his mother. He obeyed everything his mother told him. Then he was brought to Shiloh, put under Eli. He listened and obeyed everything Eli told him. Now he is hearing God. You see, there is a process in hearing. We want to cut the process and become the product that hears from God. God says it doesn't work like that. But when he comes to God and hears from God, what is being asked is even more difficult. What is hearing is judgment about this man whom he loves like his father. Eli's sons have gone amok and he probably in his old age clings to Samuel because this is what he wanted his own sons to be. And here's a little boy who just loves God. And the boy has been told to bring judgment to the prophet. Who wants to go and tell your father, you know, God saying you're out. Your sons are out. You're all going to die. Nobody wants, but he obeys. You see, listening and obedience, he obeys. And he doesn't stop there. Read words 19 to 21. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his word fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. What does it mean? Yeah. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. How did chapter 3 begin? The word of the Lord was rare. How does it come to verse 19, 20, 21? The word of the Lord is plenty. Because one man heard. Plenty. Begins with the word of the Lord is rare. One boy hears the word of God. He starts obeying. Obeying. The more he obeys, the more he hears. The more he obeys, the more he hears. The more he obeys, the more he hears. Now people from Dan to Beersheba is coming to hear of the word because one boy heard. Instead, what do we do? We want to be cool. We listen to Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Justin Bieber. We want to be cool. You will never hear the voice of God. I'm telling you on the strength of God. You will never hear the voice of God. If you idolize these this empty vessels, you're never going to hear the voice of God. You will have no influence in this dying world because you are not watchmen. You're not watchmen. Want to hear from God? Learn to shut other voices. Discern and shut those voices out. We don't need those voices. We don't need to hear those voices. We don't want to be cool in the world. We don't want a temporary success which ends with death. And if we haven't repented, hell is wide open for you. No, we don't want that. We want a success which we can carry over on to the other side. So that's where we began. The key is, faith comes from hearing. Hearing from the word of God. Turn to God in obedience. Turn to God in obedience. Clarity should increase how you hear with God. More and more and more clarity should be increasing how you hear from God. Clear. Because we are living in dreadful times. 
Well, the end looks closer and closer than ever before. And every Sunday there is one prayer request which is common. 52 Sundays. Salvation of unsaved. How are you going to save them if you don't hear from God? How are you going to save them if you... Because how they are going to be saved, only God knows. I don't know. I don't know. Only God knows. And if I don't hear from God, I do not know. Early in the morning, son, wake up. Yes, go. Today, I had planned to go to this town, but the father says, go to Samaria. I got a vessel ready for salvation. The son goes, sits by the well, speaks to a broken woman, and salvation comes. How did he know? Crosses the river after a whole day's ministry, the lake ministers to a demon-possessed man. Before you know, he's come to his senses, sitting at his feet, wanting to go with him in ministry. How did he know? How did he know? God has gone before us. He knows the place. He knows the people. He knows it all. But if I do not know, I will not have any clue how these people are going to get saved. Much of the trouble in ministry is it's man's plan and asking for God's power because they are not seeking God. Boards sit, organizations sit, they make their master plan, they invite God to the meeting. God says, I don't do stuff like that. Philip, come. Go to this place. But how do I go? Don't worry. That I'll make away. I'll get you an air ticket. Those days, air ticket was to go in the spirit. Chariot is going fast. Philip is going faster. How did God know? Because he knows who is prepared. Who is ready to listen. If you don't hear in this last day, because you need to realize there's an unbelievable obstruction to the preaching of the gospel around the world. You can preach almost anything under the sky except the name of Jesus. Oh, they, will, they will not say you cannot preach about Jesus. They will say you cannot preach against sin. You cannot preach against homosexuality. You cannot preach same-sex marriage against abortion. You cannot speak about any of these things. They cannot speak about Jesus. Because what did Jesus come for? To save you from your sin. It's a very subtle way, very smart way. In free nations, that's how they blocked it. In the rest of the nations, you cannot speak about Jesus. Anti-conversion laws in almost every state, one after one, is coming. So how do you do? You need to hear from God. If you don't hear from God, our prayer request will be only a prayer request. And God says, watchmen and watchwomen, I will require their blood on your hands. Because you didn't hear from me. And you didn't pass the message on. Like I said, do not shorten the hand of God by our unbelief. He is able. He is more than able. He is able. More than able. And don't say you are a boy. Because God used boys. Don't say you are a youth. That's what Ezekiel said. I am a youth. God says I have used youth. I am an old man. I have used old men also. No excuses with God. The only thing he says. Do you? Hear? Ajay slept nicely. Did you hear? Some parts, right? Do you hear? Shall we pray? Father, this evening we just come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Help us to hear. Over and over, 
the final book in the Bible, you say, those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit has to say. More than ever before in human history, we need to hear, Lord. Because there are so many voices around. Some distinctly opposite to yours. Some many faking as yours. But we need to hear your voice. Help us to value that time in our closet. With your word and in prayer. Every one of us value that time alone. Because your son valued it. He knew he had to spend time with you alone to hear from you. How much more we mortal beings need to spend time with you. That we hear from you. Help us not to be afraid of the messages you give us. Because those messages have life. To turn sinners to life. To make righteous, to walk in that righteous path. Or to stop the righteous from falling into sin. Only your word has the power. Help us to hear, Lord, clearly. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We just want to bless your holy name, Father. That you still speak to us. We are no better than the Israelites in exile. No better than them. Often we have hardened our hearts and be stubborn. But we thank you. That you were merciful to them. You sent Ezekiel to them and Jeremiah to Judah. You are merciful to us. You still speak to us through so many of your servants. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Your mercy, your mercy, Lord. Thank you. Continue speaking to us and give us the strength to obey, Lord. Thank you, Father. You brought us safely to your house tonight. Reach us all to our home safely, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.